Hope in Him is like an anchor. It keeps you. When, when you want to run, it keeps you. When you want to give up, it keeps you. When you want to hide, it keeps you. I'm thankful for the anchor that we have in Jesus today. Hallelujah. Now, you can have a, a ship out on the water, and it can be storming, and that ship can be rocking and, and turning. And but if it's anchored, it ain't going nowhere. When you get up in the morning, you'll see it's still there. And we might feel like we're getting tossed and flipped and turned sometimes, but we've got an anchor that keeps us here. Hey, you might be going through something right now, but look where you are. Yeah, I just say, I always say, man, I used to think about Joshua when he fell down crying because Ai had beat Israel and they'd lost some men and Joshua falls down and he's in the dust crying and the Lord said, get up. I said, man, he's got the dust of the promised land on his face. I said, man, just look where you are. Just, just get right and, and get right and keep going. Just get right and keep going. Look where you are. Sometimes you may fall down, but hey, just look where you are. He said, nobody pluck you out of his hand, but he said you wouldn't fall down while you was in it. Still in his hand. I'm thankful for the Lord today. I'm thankful for what he's doing. I appreciate our choir and our music. Let's give them a hand. Appreciate them so much. Thankful. And just back before uh, March, before March hit, um, we had had Brother Doug and Sister Ashley in Shiloh here, and uh, we had talked about scheduling a, man, a longer revival and just having some good things and well, then that March 15th hit, and there it went. But the Lord willing, we're going to reschedule that this year. We talked about it last night, but we've got them here today, and I'm excited. We love these people. They're just like home folks to us. We're glad they're here today. Let's give Brother Doug a hand as he comes. They're going to minister to us today. God's going to move in this house. You going to get something from the Lord in this place today? I'm planning on it. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, I'm thankful for the presence of the Lord that's moving here today. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says, Now the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's a liberty to be blessed, liberty to be healed, liberty to be delivered, set free, encouraged, empowered, whatever you need from God. He is here for you. You may be seated just for a moment. I want to ask my wife to get ready to come. And as she's coming, we want to say what a joy it is to be back in Georgia. Restoration Apostolic Church, we love all of you so very much. We are grateful for each and every one of you. Give honor to your fine pastor and his precious family. Anybody thankful for the pastor that's over your life? Anybody appreciative? We just love them so very much and love my beautiful wife. Want her to sing, testify, whatever she feels led of the Lord to do. So would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Let's worship the Lord together. There's 
thankful that I'm not where I want to be yet, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Are you grateful for the redemptive power of Christ that's here today? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you just stand with me, we're going to open and read from the book of Jude, the 20th verse. We're going to read down to verse number 23, Jude chapter 1, only one chapter in the book, verse 20. We're going to read down to verse number 23. The scripture tells us this, beginning in verse 20, it says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Verse 22 says, There are some that have compassion, and they'll make a difference. Verse 23 says, They'll even go so far to pull some out of the fire. I want to preach to us today on this subject, the church is pulling for you. The church is pulling for you. Can we lift our hands high to heaven? Why don't you lift your voice for me, Father? In the name of Jesus, we can feel your presence. Your spirit is here today. And Lord, we're asking now for you to speak to every heart, minister to every soul, illuminate every mind. God, let your word do what it is designed to do and we give you all praise give you all glory and all honor in the name that's above every other name in the name of Jesus amen you may be seated thank you for standing with me well you and I are living in such a peculiar moment of time it seems like now more than ever There is an uncertainty about the future. Each morning when the day begins and the sun rises, we are faced with another unpredictability about what will happen next. And because of this, it can make our lives more challenging, trying, and difficult because there is a new normal that we have to try to adapt to every single day. Just consider with me for a moment that even in this day, and this moment right now, we don't really have a cure for a virus that is really unknown. There's no certainty of what's going to happen in the future. No unity among political leaders. No guarantee of safety. No real plan because nobody knows how it's going to change. And so because of that, That frustration can lead us to a place of comfortlessness and helplessness and almost feeling of hopelessness. Yet through all of the adversity and through all of the trouble and through all of the problems, there remains a church that is sure, steady, and steadfast. There is a church that is strong, a church that is stable, even during difficult times. I'm amazed that the church always rises to the occasion every single time. 
The church knows how to be comforting during a crisis. The church can be encouraging during an epidemic. The church can be powerful during a pandemic. The church can be relentless during a recession. It can be supportive during suffering. It's unstoppable when all else is unstable. It's the church of the living God. And it almost baffles the world. It leaves them in shock at how some in the church can be optimistic when all the, everybody else is pessimistic. How can some that stand and worship with their hands raised in a church, how can they have a positive outlook on life of what we are seeing unfold right before our eyes? How is it that those in the church can have peace when chaos is ruling the day? How can some have joy when there is sadness and suffering on every hand? It is because we know where our hope lies. We know where our strength is. We know where it stays. Our hope is not in our abilities or our accomplishments or our accolades. Our hope is not in our insight, our intelligence, our ingenuity. Our hope is not in our propensity, our proficiency, our productivity. Our hope is not in our efficiency, our education, our expertise. Our hope is not in our mastery, our means, or our money. But Colossians 1 and 27 says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Pastor said it's that hope that anchors down your soul. It's that hope that the apostle wrote in 1 John 4, 4. that says greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. It's that hope. It's not in our stuff. It's not in our money. It's not even in our abilities. But it's somebody living inside of us. And as long as he lives in you and I, we can quote what Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. If there's a life, you can live it. If there's a star, you can reach it. If there's a job, you can do it. If there's a class, you can teach it. If there's a book, you can write it. If there's a degree, you can earn it. If there's a business, you can build it. If there's a song, you can sing it. If there's a gospel, you can preach it. If there's a hell, you can miss it. If there's a heaven, you can make it. I can do all things through Christ. Let trouble come, let adversity come, and the church will just keep on being the church. In the good days and in the bad days, in the times that we're up on the mountaintop and the times that we're walking through the valley, the church remains sure. I'm amazed over and over again in the Scripture. You see some that ride this tidal wave of spiritual experiences I think about the Apostle Peter, who was just a fisherman by trade. Someone who battled a little bit of arrogance and pride. Yet we find Jesus finding him and calling him to be part of his disciples, part of his church. And in just one moment, his life completely does a 180 turnaround. 
he starts following after Jesus and he watches as blinded eyes are open. He watches as deaf ears are unstopped. And as the lame begin to walk and the dumb begin to talk, even the dead begin to live. Everywhere they went, they would see the hand of the Lord at place. We find in Matthew the 14th chapter that the disciples are on board this boat and they're enjoying the day They're enjoying their time together. And while they are there just relaxing, somebody begins to holler and somebody begins to scream out and says, there is a spirit out on the water. There's a ghost that's walking towards us. What are we going to do? How are we going to react? How are we going to respond or reply? Look and see it for yourself. And when everybody starts looking, it it was Peter that stood up and saw what was happening out on the water and said, no, that's not a ghost out on the water. That's Jesus. No, no, it's not either. That's a spirit. That's something weird going on out there on the water. Peter's trying his best to stay calm. And I can almost hear him saying, now listen, y'all read one too many Harry Potter books because that's not a ghost out on the water. That's Jesus. That's not what you're thinking. Matter of fact, he said, I'll prove it to you. I'll show you. He said, Jesus, if that's really you out on the water, bid me to come. Have you ever said something that as it's coming out of your mouth, you're thinking, dummy, what are you saying right now? My wife says, amen, just a little too loud right there. I tried to stop it, but it's already too late. It's already out of my mouth, and I cannot take it back. Here's Peter. He's standing up on the boat, and he says, if that's you, well, just tell me to come out on the water. Jesus says, come on. And now Peter is standing out on the deck of the boat, and he's looking down at the water below him, and he's hearing his friends behind him. His knees are shaking and his heart is racing and his hands are sweating. He's trying to work up enough nerve to step off this boat and yet I can hear all the other disciples saying, come on hometown, jump out off the boat. Come on, Hot Rod, we're going to go Facebook Live. I got to see this for myself. I want to see this. Peter's kind of standing back saying, well, I will jump off this boat. You just wait and see. Standing there. You ever had to talk yourself into doing something? I just envision Peter standing there talking to himself saying, I will. You just wait and see. I'm not scared. All the while, his hands are shaking. and He's trying to work up enough nerve to do this. He takes his leg and about to step out and then he pulls it back. Just give me another minute and I'm almost ready. Standing there and he's getting his leg ready. He's about to take his foot. I can almost see him closing his eyes, lifting his leg up. Because the first step is always the hardest. That's the most difficult time of everything in your life is the first step. The unknown, the uncertainty. You're unsure of what's going to happen, what's going to take place, what's going to transpire. Here he is, he's standing, and finally he takes his leg, lifts it up, and steps off the boat, and it's solid. He takes another step, and it's solid. Now, 
third or fourth step, he's walking on the water, coming to the Lord. Wow, what a surreal feeling that must have been. What a supernatural moment that had to be as he's walking on the water with Jesus. I have to wonder if he turned back and said, I hope you got this on YouTube because I'm going to have to show everybody I know I'm walking on the water with Jesus. And just as as high as he was in that moment of being on cloud nine, feeling like you can do anything, there's nothing too hard, nothing too difficult, nothing too complicated. I can take on anything. All of a sudden, the storm started to rage. The wind began to blow. And as that storm began to move all around him, the Scripture tells us that he began to take his eyes off Jesus. The King James Version said he saw the wind boisterous. He started looking around at the storm that he was in. Started focusing on his surroundings and lost his focus of Jesus. And whenever we lose our focus, there's only one place we can go, and that's down. The moment something comes between me and my future, the moment something comes between me and God, regardless of what it is, whether it's a job, whether it's a school, whether it's a person, whether it's money, a boat, a motorcycle, a house, it doesn't matter what it is. Causes me to lose my vision. I'm going down. Here, Peter Just seconds ago, he's taken on the world. Just a few seconds ago, he felt like he could do anything. You ever feel like that? Moments that you can look back and say, I thought I could do anything. Now I'm not sure if I can do anything. His life is flashing before his eyes. And in this moment of panic, his hands are splashing in the water. And finally, not knowing what else to do, he just cries out in desperation. He says, Lord, save me. Sometimes the answer is really pretty simple. We just have to say, Lord, save me. I don't know how I'm in the situation that I'm in right now. I don't know how I got so messed up and upside down. I don't know how I lost my faith, lost my future, lost my focus. I don't know how everything's going the opposite the way I planned it. But Lord, I know one thing. You're as close as the mention of your name. And Proverbs 18 and 10 says, you're a strong tower at the right just run into and they are saved he just cried out Lord save me and immediately Jesus took him by the hand and pulled him out of that water pulled him out of that drowning state pulled him out of the place of death and put him back where he needed to be And we see Peter having to remember this moment, times where I thought all was over, but I cried out to God. But as we began to fast forward through the Scriptures, it was Peter that preached on the day of Pentecost. Peter that watched as 3,000 were converted. It was Peter that grabbed the lame man by the hand, pulled him up, and he was instantaneously healed. It was Peter that had so much faith and so much confidence and so much promise that while he was walking down the street, the people said, if we can just pass, if we can just get under the shadow of Peter, then I know we could be healed. That's somebody with some faith. 
But as we begin to keep reading, we find in Acts chapter 12 that things started to turn. There was persecution being lashed out at the church. Herod had killed James by the sword. And now to make matters worse, he came and he arrested the leader of the church. He went after the one who led the charge. Don't ever forget, that's the enemy's tactics. If he can't do anything else, he'll come after leadership. Uh, sometimes you, you start to have a ministry. Sometimes you start to have a burden for the lost. You start to be a Sunday school teacher. And all of a sudden you can't explain it. Attacks start happening. That's because the enemy knows if he can get leadership, then he's got the rest of everybody else. And he went so far, he took Peter and he threw him in jail. Cast him into the inner prison. Now... Here is Peter, and he's down on his luck, and he is broke. I talk about broke as a McDonald's ice cream machine, and that's broke. There's nothing going his way. Huh? I can almost see him laying on that cold concrete floor. His hands are shackled, and his feet are tied up, and He's surrounded by criminals and thieves. and He's eating the bread and water of affliction. His body's worn out and weary and bruised and bloody and wondering if his life is going to end at any second. But all of a sudden, the Bible says an angel came walking into that jail. But the angel did not just come by accident. The angel didn't show up by coincidence or happenstance. But Acts 12 and 5 says, Prayer was made by the church without ceasing. The church knew there was somebody in trouble. And that's how the church really shows up in action. When they see their own being attacked. They see their own being hurt. They see their own beginning to struggle. And that's when we come together as the family of God. That's when we show up as the body of Christ to say, No, 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 I'm pulling for Him. Don't let the adversary confuse you. The church isn't looking to condemn you. The church is looking to pick you up. The church isn't trying to push you out. The church is trying to pull you back in. Prayer was made by the church. Here is Peter. Maybe trying to catch a little bit of sleep. And yet a light began to shine. As this light began to shine, one of the guards fell over on the floor. Almost startled Peter and he began to look around and the light shined again and another guard fell on the floor. Now he's starting to look up, look around and there's an angel standing above him. And the angel tells him to get yourself up, it's time to go. Now remember Peter's chained up on his hands shackled up on his feet. And the angel says, I don't know what your problem is. Get up and let's go. Well, I would get up and go if I didn't have these chains on my hands. Uh, My feet are... I don't know how you want me to do this, but I'll get up. But the Bible says, as Peter got up, the chains began to fall off his hands. And the shackles began to fall off his feet. 
Sometimes all you got to do is stand. God is just looking for you to be willing to stand up and say, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to get through, but I'll get myself up. I'm going to put my faith, my hope, my confidence, my trust in God. He, he stands up and the chains fall. The shackles disappear. The angel said, it's time to go. So Peter, now remember, he's in jail. And not just any jail, but in the inner jail. He walks past the first ward. Then he walks past the second ward. Then he walks out of the prison. Then he walks past the iron gate. And to everybody else, it may seem like Peter was doing it by himself. But he wasn't walking out of there by himself. There, He was being pulled out of that place. He was being pulled out of that trouble. He was being pulled out of that circumstance. But if you've ever had to visit somebody in jail before, if you had the unfortunate circumstance of being in jail, you'll know that if you want to go in and see somebody, it's not an easy thing to do. You have to have background checks and then they pat you down and they make you feel like you're a criminal. You're just coming in the jail and they're asking you a hundred questions. But if you thought it was hard to get in jail, come on somebody, if you think it's hard to get in jail, you better try to get out of jail. Peter's walking on eggshells. See, the, the guards on the floor, they're knocked out. And he's walking past the warden and he's not being stopped. He walks out of the cell and he's not being stopped. He walks out of the prison and he's not being stopped. He walks right past the front gate and he's still not being stopped. See, that's the promise of God. God can take you out of the most terrible situations. God can remove you from the most awful circumstances God and you know how he does it there's a church that will pull you out when Peter gets out and the angel disappears he goes to the household of faith knocks on the door and to his amazement there's already people praying for him there's already people calling out to God saying it's not over for Peter it's not over for his life it's not over for his ministry can I preach to somebody today it's not over for you the devil is not going to win your circumstances are not going to prevail no matter how dark the night no matter how dreary it may seem to be don't ever forget there's a church that's going to pull you out a church that's going to grab you I remember being a youth pastor telling my young people, you're going to go to heaven if i got to drag you kicking and screaming. And that's the way the church is. They're going to make sure you get to heaven. They may even get on your nerves. They may aggravate you with phone calls and texts. They may get on your very last nerve. But it's the church that's going to pull you out of the fire. It's the church that's going to pull you out of depression. Pull you out of destruction. Pull you out of devastation. That is the church. You may be seated just for a moment. But we see these moments, we see these glimpses in time when everybody just gives up. They think it's all over, but it's not over just yet. In Acts chapter 20, we find that the Apostle Paul was preaching. 
And while he was preaching, the scripture says he began to get a little long in his sermon. Some of your worst fears, I know, that the preacher doesn't see the clock and doesn't know about the time. And Paul just keeps preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching until finally the Bible says there was a young man by the name of Eutychus who was laying up by the window. He was trying his best to stay awake, but his head started to bob. You ever feel that? Like your eyes are starting to close. You know they're not supposed to close, but you just can't help it. They're just starting to close on you. He's trying to jerk himself awake. And usually if someone does too much of a yes, that's not a yes they're agreeing with. They're preaching. That's a yes they're trying to stay awake to make it through the altar call. Eutychus, he's trying to stay awake. And finally, he gives up, succumbs to the sleep. And he's out laying up on this window, but while he's laying up against the window, he begins to slide. And he slides out, the Bible says, the third loft, the third story high. He falls out of the window, boom, thud, hits the ground. That will end a good Sunday service. I'm just going to let you know that right now. When it looks like somebody dies during the service, that's not the way you want revival to go. And uh, everybody stopped. And they started screaming and crying and hollering. Oh my goodness, Eutychus is dead. Oh, what are we going to do? How could this happen right in the middle of our service? How could this take place? How could this transpire? And Paul got up and said, no, it's not over yet. And started going down, started walking down the steps. Got all the way to the ground floor. And he saw this young man laying lifeless, not moving a muscle. It looked like all hope was gone. And Paul walked over to him and stretched himself over and began to pray. And then as he began to pray, the young man's eyes began to flicker. And his foot began to twitch. And Paul opened his mouth and said, no, there's still life in him. There's still life in those that have left the ark of safety. There's still life when it looks like they are never coming back. And they're never going to return. And they're never going to kneel at an altar. And they're never going to worship in the praise service. And they're never going to respond to the preaching. Some people say it's all over. You might as well give up. You might as well wave the white towel. Give up the flag of surrenderance. But no, there's the church that became active. And the apostle Paul went over and said, no, no, no. He's not dying on my watch. He's not going to be lost as long as I'm preaching. No, there's still life in him. Hallelujah. And do you know you may not realize it, but you are being part of that church that is polling for souls. You are part of that congregation that's polling for the sinner's soul. You are part of this group, people like Sister Jessica, that are polling for the prodigals. You know what she's doing? She's polling for people that are a long way off. You got to keep pulling. You got to keep reaching. You can't give up. You can't throw in the towel. You just got to keep on pulling. Hallelujah. Music's getting ready to come. I'm not going to be too much longer. But I remember being in the service. And we had worshiped God. And we had praised the Lord. Came time for the preaching. And got up and began to give the message. During the message, I looked over and I saw this young man towards the back of the church. 
it was pretty obvious that he wasn't used to church. He wasn't dressed as a churchgoer. Then I act like a churchgoer. You can usually pick up when somebody's not used to being in a Pentecostal service. They're looking at everybody like they're crazy. They kind of look at the back door like, can I get out of here before they stop me? And I saw him kind of looking at the back door and looking at everybody else and looking at the person beside him. He was definitely feeling out of place. And we came and started preaching. And the longer I preached, the more I noticed, the more interested he became. Because he stopped looking at the door and stopped looking at everybody else. Stopped looking and seeing what other people were doing. And it's almost like he had a laser focus in on the Word of God. And I watched as he kind of put his hands up to his chin. And I watched as he kind of began to wipe away a tear. Wipe away another tear. Finally came time for the altar call. The benediction. If you wanted to be saved, you could come down to the front. While I'm giving the altar call, I'm not really thinking about what I'm saying literally, but just uh, figuratively. And I just happen to say, if you are tired of being depressed, you are tired of being suicidal, if you're tired of being addicted, tired of being bound, tired of always being worried, always afraid and always unsure and always uncertain and don't know what tomorrow is going to hold and it's got you all messed up. You can run to an altar. God will meet you right there. I've said that so many times before. I didn't pay it a whole lot of attention. But this young man, this young man wiping away the tears that are streaming down his face stood up in the back of the church Got out in the aisle. He didn't know any better. He ran all the way to the front. Hit the altar. Threw his hands in the air. Says, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But I know I like what I feel. And I just can't help it. It was like I was being pulled to the front. He was. It may not necessarily have been the preacher. But there was a pull in the spirit. I said, come on, you don't have to be lost. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to see all the bad and the chaos and the unruling that's going on in the day, but you can see what's here. I went over to the pastor. People began to gather around and pray for him. I said, who's this young man? Came down to the front. He said, I don't know. He came with one of our new converts. I'm going to find out real fast. And he came back after a little while. And he said, now brother, you're not going to believe this. He said, one of our new converts just got the Holy Ghost a few weeks ago. and Bad on drugs and pills. And he said, their dealer called him. I said, what's going on? I haven't heard anything from you. And they said, you need to come to church with me. Because there's something I found that's better than any pill I've ever taken. Any drug I've ever smoked. Anything I've ever snorted. It's something better. It's something greater. It's something sweeter. Something makes you happy. it give you peace and joy. Something that will change your life and revolutionize your world and transform your future. He didn't know it, but he was being pulled before he ever walked in. And today, you may not know it, but there's a pole on your life right now. It's God reaching for you, saying you don't have to be by yourself. There's somebody 
And there's a church that will be there for you. I wonder today as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, with nobody looking around. Friend of mine, I'm aware of the dysfunction that's happening in our society. I know as well as you about the uncertainty of the future. But I also know there's a church that's going to stand the test of time. And no matter who you agree with, who you follow, you better get in the church because the church is going to make it out of here. The church is going to get us out of this place called earth and to a place called heaven. And you don't have to do this by yourself. You don't have to be overwhelmed by the cares of life and overwhelmed by the pressures of the world. There is somebody that's pulling for you today. Oh, would you open your heart with me for a moment? Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we're praying on this Sunday afternoon that there would be a drawing that would come from you. God, you told us in the Word, nobody can be saved unless my Spirit draws them. God, I'm praying there will be a drawing and a pulling of the Holy Ghost. Pull us out of our comfort zone. Pull us out of our worry. Pull us out of our fear. Pull me out of complacency. Pull me out of that place where I lost my focus, lost my future. God, pull me back to that place where I feel like I can do anything, where I can do all things through Christ. Pull me back to that place where I know you're going to have a revival. There's going to be a harvest. There's going to be souls that are saved. Pull me back to that place where I feel like I can walk on cloud nine. I can walk on the water with the Lord. Pull me back to that place that I know lives can be changed, hearts can be mended, minds can be regulated. Pull us, Lord. Pull us, Lord. Come on, could you stand with me all across the house? Do you feel the pulling of the Holy Ghost? Why don't you come to an altar today? Come on, why don't you step out of where you're standing? Make your way down to the front. Woo, come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Something special is happening right now. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. You feel it? There's a pulling in the Holy Ghost. Ah, yeah, yeah. The church is pulling for you. The church is pulling for you. The church is pulling for you. Come on, one more time. Would you like to come? The Lord's here. Can you feel it? Now's your chance. Now's your opportunity. Oh, the 
Hallelujah. Can we just stretch forth our hands to the front? God's doing something special in the altar today. Come on, all across the congregation, let's just stretch forth our hands to these that are praying. Heaven only knows what's happening right now. <laughs> Come on, he's fixing problems. He's resolving complicated situations right now. Jesus, do what only you can do, Lord. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perform the impossible. Change the unthinkable. God, we give you praise on today. Give you glory and honor. Hallelujah. Come on, let's rejoice one more time. They're going to sing just one more time. We're getting ready for a baptism. But let's just lift our hands all across the congregation. Hallelujah. This is an awesome time right now. No matter where you're at, you can be blessed by the Lord right now. Uh, whether in your seat, whether you're in the altar, come on, just open your heart right now. Let the power and presence of God fall in Jesus' name. praying right there we'll just continue to pray don't stop don't stop for this friends and family that came for the baptism you're welcome to come up here so you can see welcome you to give you a chance to come up so you can witness the baptism come right on up so you want you to be able to see what's going on here let's keep praying for those that are praying right now all this is work of the lord it can all go on we can baptize and pray and pray people through all in one one time Praise God. Praise the Lord. Yeah, come on up, friends and family. Just watch your step coming up. I want you to come on and be a, be a part of this. Praise God. You can come on up, sweetie. Come on up here where you can see him. Yeah, come on up where you can see him. Let's get on up. Get the light on. Yeah, y'all, come, come on around. Fill in where you can see good. Yeah, I want you to be able to see. All right. I'm going to... Brother Doug. Stay and hold, hold this mic for me. I'm going to have to get that. 
Praise God. Well, we're sure glad today to be baptizing Brother Kellen. He just received the Holy Ghost a week ago, I believe it was. Yeah, last Sunday. And uh, so now he, he wanted to be baptized in Jesus' name. And we're so thrilled for faith as a child that these children can be filled with the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name. And we're just excited, glad for his family and friends, loved ones that are here. And so let's, uh, let's just get ready to worship the Lord. We're going to bring Brother Kellen. Come on, brother. of God changes our lives man, man we can worship and praise and we can be moved but we need that word of God we're saved by that word born again the scripture said by the word of God so man I'm thankful today for the preached word it brings faith I hope that wherever you are you realize there's a church pulling for you that somebody's praying for you calling out your name before the Lord amen Thank you for being here. Invite everybody to come to prayer tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. We're going to have a great time in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be dismissed today in Jesus' name. We love you.